to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 327th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from the past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is heading into what is arguably the best month in sports, uh, getting a jump start today as we speak with two Major League Baseball play-in games, first time in history that that's ever happened. Uh, Cubs hosting the Brewers, followed by, as we speak, getting underway, first pitch in a few minutes, and followed immediately by Rockies at Dodgers. And that's not all. That'll be followed up. No, by the way, we have a pretty good Monday night football matchup, Chiefs and Broncos. So then the next two nights are two wild card games. And leading into uh, the NLDS and ALDS, which are starting this weekend, or later in the week, Thursday and Friday, I should say. And all the while, football's in full swing. The NBA and the NHL are getting underway, too. Uh, Washington Capitals raised their banner this Wednesday night, hard to believe. And already seen some NBA preseason games. LeBron suited up last night for the Lakers. Uh, first time we've seen that. So what a week and what a month. Uh, arguably the best month of the year. The only thing in my mind that even comes close is when we have the uh, NBA and NHL playoffs get started usually around April, where there's just basically, between the two sports, three to six playoff games every single night for the better part of two weeks, uh, and practically the whole month. So, uh, time to enjoy October, to say the least. I'm up here in Boston, of course, so pretty pumped and jacked for... Friday, which is when the Sox will be hosting their first NLDS game. They're going to host the winner of the Yankees Athletics wild card game on uh, Wednesday night. So, uh, Yankees are at home, so reasonable, if not good chance, that it'll be Yankees Red Sox and the, and the ALDS starting on Friday right at Fenway Park, Friday and Saturday. And there's really nothing like the Red Sox and Yankees playing in the postseason for uh, a jolt of electricity into the city of Boston. 
It's just uh, terrific. So I, for one, and I don't think I'm alone, will be rooting for the Yankees in the wild card game just so we can see the Yankees and Red Sox go at it. Uh, sort of like, quote, the old days back in 03, 04, 99. Again, there's really quite nothing like uh, Boston when those two are meeting in the postseason in a series. It's just fabulous. And this great month here on October 1st was ushered in yesterday with uh, compelling NFL games. None crazier than my bizarre story of the week, which was the Colts coach Frank Reich going for it on fourth down inside his own 50 in overtime. Uh, They didn't make it, and he basically handed the Houston Texans their first victory. Uh, I was watching Red Zone. What a day to be watching Red Zone in the in the early window uh, from around 3.30 to 5 p.m. Eastern time. Just fabulous games. Uh, great endings. But back to Frank Reich. I mean, it's a risk-reward thing. The issue here is that the reward... The risk was obviously exactly what ended up happening. They don't make the fourth down. The Texans, with just one player, immediately in easy field goal range. And boom, it was over. And Texans win. But more importantly, the reward wasn't that great. If they'd have made that fourth down, they still had a long way to go and just a few seconds to... uh, to get there before attempting what would be for them the winning field goal. So uh, just a crazy, crazy move. Uh, everybody was stunned. The announcers real time were just, uh, frankly, apoplectic over it. And everybody was just in disbelief. Of course, Frank Wright said he would do it 10 out of 10 times in his postgame press conference. They don't play for ties. Very admirable. And... Uh, Oliver, excuse me, Andrew Luck, Oliver's his father, Andrew Luck, the Colts quarterback, backed him up big time. And again, all admirable. Uh, And we saw the same thing in the Titans game against the world champion Eagles. The difference there was, you know, they sent out the field goal unit, but then decided to go for it on fourth down and threw the Marcus Mariota through the winning touchdown. But the difference between the two was there was no risk, uh, or minimal risk, shall we say. They were, whatever, 20, 30 yards away from the goal line. Therefore, if they don't make it, uh, you know, they're they're not handing a victory to the Eagles. It's just that simple. Uh, But, you know, we all love people going for it on fourth down, but I, I don't know that I can ever remember quite seeing... Uh, that situation with the game on the line and overtime being uh, on your side of the 50. So there were other just fabulous games, uh, to say the least. The Raiders over the Browns in overtime was quite controversial with the first down call uh, given to the Browns, which would assault the game away in regulation. They reviewed it, and it was not a first down. And we all know the rest of the story. Raiders, to their credit, 
down the field, score a touchdown, score a two-point conversion, and end up ultimately winning the game for John Gruden's first win in forever. Uh, so very, very exciting, but uh, very controversial as well. The Bengals and the Falcons uh, put on a show down to the last play where the Bengals scored. Uh, big question there is how does A.J. Green get so open uh, for the winning touchdown? Just shocking. Uh, why he wouldn't be double and triple tra- uh, teamed. Uh, like Antonio Brown is being these days. Uh, we saw that last night in the Ravens-Steelers game. Uh, that second quarter was like the old-time Ravens-Steelers games. It was great. Uh, there's really no rivalry like it in the NFL or in my mind. And when those two are slugging it out, it's one of the best things in sports. And uh, we were getting some of that. Antonio Brown did score a touchdown, had some catches, but he is, uh, you know, he's just being double and triple team without Le'Veon Bell. So it's, uh, you know, interesting to watch. Speaking of no Le'Veon Bell, I mean, the Steelers, uh, there's just something missing there. It's him. And it's now being uh, becoming more and more obvious. It's just affecting every part of their offense. And the Ravens really took control in the second half. Didn't have quite the feistiness of that second quarter. Uh, keeping in mind, the Ravens jumped a quick 14-0 lead. And then uh, and the Steelers, you know, to their credit, caught up. And it was 14-14. Great game, to say the least. But kind of uh, Ravens took control in Heinz Field in the second half. Uh, the Bears and Bucks. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky, six touchdown passes. That's just off the charts. I thought what Jared Goff did last Thursday night was off the charts with five. Um, but to see the Bears do what they did was amazing. Equally amazing was to see the Bucks fall so far so fast, uh, given their fast start. And then they lost to the Steelers last Monday night. And it looks like Fitz magic may be over, although it was more about the Bucks defense really not showing up. Chargers and, 40, and 49ers was another great game. A ton of people had the Chargers in their knockout pool. Uh, but the 49ers jumped out quickly, had a lead for much of the game. And it was, uh, again, uh, very compelling game. All credit to the 49ers for coming back after losing Jimmy Garoppolo for the season and really showing up. And again, really fun, fun game to watch. Uh, then we have Earl Thomas. Uh, uh, basically fracturing his leg and uh, letting his feelings of the Seahawks being known as he was carted off the field. He, of course, was in a Similar situation to Le'Veon Bell, decided to go in uh, and play, and, and look what happened. Uh, he, he never got paid, and Le'Veon Bell, I believe, tweeted that he's willing to be the bad guy for everyone. Um, so it, it's quite a situation, to say the least. And finally, the world order uh, of the NFL was restored with the New England Patriots trouncing the Dolphins, looking like the Patriots we've all come to know. 
and showed up big time and took down the Dolphins. And lo and behold, this Thursday night, uh, the Colts off their overtime loss are coming into town for the Thursday night football against the Patriots right down the street at Gillette Stadium. So that should be interesting as well. Um, See if the Patriots can keep them going. They win that game. Suddenly, it's a different-looking world. They will have won two in a row. They'll be back with a a winning record at 3-2 and and 10 days off. So uh, see how that develops. And finally, my low light of the week is the fact that there was really no drama, especially Sunday drama at the Ryder Cup. Uh, I had written an article for New England Golf uh, website on attending the 1999 Ryder Cup when the American stormed back the famous Sunday on a from a 10-6 deficit, exactly the same as it was heading into yesterday over in Paris. Uh, of course, the Americans... Staged at the time, the greatest Ryder Cup comeback ever, punctuated by Justin Leonard's winning putt. I was there at the country club in nearby Brookline. Never forget it, so I was looking for some of that yesterday. And instead, it was basically over by 11 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, And all credit to Europe. Uh, They did what they do, which is basically uh, haven't lost in Europe to the Americans in a Ryder Cup in 25 years. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? We'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 346 9144 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing great, John. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, good to have you as always. Uh... I said right off the top of the show that it's October 1st, and we are entering one of the two best months of the year for sports, uh, getting a little jump start today with, uh, you know, two play-in games, as it were, followed by in Major League Baseball, followed by two wildcard games, followed by the divisional series, including one here in Boston starting this weekend. Football's in full swing, college and pro, obviously, college in the NFL, and hockey starts Wednesday when the Capitals raise their banner, and basketball is underway with preseason. You saw LeBron James in a Lakers uniform last night in a preseason game, so what's your thought uh, on, again, October 1st, heralding what is, again, maybe the best month of the sports calendar, especially this year where we get, for the first time ever, two MLB play-in games already underway in Chicago with the Cubs and the Brewers going at it as we speak. Yeah, John, it's a lot of fun this month of October because you have the uh, intersection of all those sports in the same month. I mean, it's it's unique. You know, so everybody's into college football and professional football uh, pro basketball, baseball, Major League Baseball. It's just great for your sports fan. You just pick your the, the best matchup, uh, and anyone you select, it's going to be spectacular. Well, exactly. And it got a pretty good lead-in this weekend with, obviously, the Ryder Cup, you know, and the fact it was in Europe and Paris, you know, the last three days of just waking up and just flipping on the TV, and there you have live Ryder Cup action. It's like like it is with the British Open or Wimbledon. There's nothing like waking up here on the East Coast or anywhere in America, and you just tune right in <laughs> with your coffee <laughs> to live, compelling sports action. Um, it's just great, and that was just the lead-in. And then we had, you know, as another lead-in of sorts was simply just Another great, great weekend of uh, of college football. You, of course, cover the number one team in the country. Uh, what many are saying is the best team in the Nick Saban era. That's incredible. You talk about the multiple national championships. Uh, you know, you played Louisiana, and, you know, I happened to check in and saw it was 49 nothing in the second quarter. So uh, that was... <laughs> Not surprising, but a bit of a wow, nonetheless, to see that score in the second quarter. Yeah, John, you know, they have an elite quarterback now at Alabama. I mean, if he continues on this path, 
he could be destined to compete for that Heisman Trophy by not even playing the fourth quarter most games. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, well, I saw the final score. I mean, they, they, they clearly, you know, took their foot off the gas, uh, which I think is great, quite frankly. Nobody sees the, needs to see scores in the 70s in, in my book. Um, no. And so, yeah, uh, I'm sure it was just a, just a nice, nice day in the sun, assuming it was sunny down there in Tuscaloosa, right? <laughs> yeah, it was great, John. And by the way, there's some basketball teams wish they could score like Nick Saban's football team. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, incredible. Well, I'll tell you what else is incredible. I, of course, grew up in central Pennsylvania following Penn State. Uh, they had their largest crowd ever for the whiteout Saturday night against Ohio State, the game of the year so far. It turned into be uh, to being the game of the year, but uh, everybody's only talking about one thing, and that was just the fourth down call. I went to a place here right here in downtown Boston, across from the Boston Garden, where I always go, which hosts Penn State viewing parties, four floors, Hundreds and hundreds of fans, probably well over a thousand, as a matter of fact, and everybody was just in disbelief when James Franklin, on the heels of two timeouts, down one point, uh, on a fourth and five, called uh, the most basic play in football—just a, a straight run to Miles Sanders—that was just immediately stopped, tackled for a loss. And in an instant, it was all over, and 110,000 people, frankly, were in shock, as were everybody in the viewing party that I was at. Uh, just a shocking call, AP. Uh, given, given that you have Trace McSorley, who not only is a great quarterback and a winner, but he had had a great, great game running, passing. You know, Penn State had a two-score lead in the fourth quarter. I mean, you can't give that up either, but... How do you not leave the ball? How do you not put the ball in Trace McSorley's hands in some type of a RPO run pass option where he can decide if he needs to run, he runs. If he needs to pass, he passes. But somehow, some way, leave yourself options with who the the breakout star of the game. I mean, and that's saying something given the two teams were on the field. John, I just couldn't imagine he was the best player on the field all night Correct. long. Pretty so exactly why right. You, you know, why wouldn't you give him an opportunity? I just, I just didn't understand how, you know, he was, make, he was running by him, he was making good passes and good decisions, and then you hand it off straight up the field, no wiggle room. You know that they're sending as many people as they can to come after uh, Chase McSorley, and you lose yardage on a fourth and five. Right. It was just beyond baffling. I don't know if I've ever been in a situation where everybody was just so pumped up. Again, on the heels of two timeouts, lots of time to discuss this. This was not a you know run to the line of scrimmage to beat the clock situation at all, not even close. And... You hit the key word, AP, decision-making. I mean, you know, give let Trace McSorley make a decision. I think just about everybody, 110,000 in Beaver Stadium and Penn State fans across the country would have, been, would have easily lived with the outcome 
if it didn't go, uh, you know, if they didn't get it. But Trace McSorley would have had the choice to uh, get it with his legs or or pass it uh, or whatever, whatever situ- whatever he thought was right. You know, maybe it would have been uh, handing off to a running back after running along the line, whatever. But you got to give this kid two, three, four, five seconds to make what I, I think we would all put it 80% or above that he would have made the right decision, whether it would have worked or not, who knows. But he would have made a good decision. I, I think we're all pretty comfortable with that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no question. When you have, I mean, he's a Heisman-type candidate, uh, Grace McSorley, and you're leaving it to someone else on the team, and this may be the most crucial play of the season. And Oh, without a doubt. You're, I mean, of all the imagination and timeouts and analyzing, this was your best call? Exactly. I, 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 you know, I mean, what did they think? that Ohio State was going to do, back off and not blitz somebody up the middle or they were going to play so much for the pass that he was just going to slip by and, and make five yards. Uh, I, I, I didn't follow the logic. Uh, in their best-case scenario, it's still five yards making it up the middle. Correct, correct. And, you know, the strength of Ohio State is their defensive line, of course. And... You know, the other thing, Trace McSorley's done this before, including four weeks ago against Appalachian State on that very field. Uh, you must have plays, and he, and he cashed in. He, of course, did it last year, famously, out at Iowa when he hit tight end Jawan Jackson on a, you know, game winner. And so he's been in this exact situation before. And, you know... He hasn't been perfect. There have been, you know, there was a Rose Bowl and the game against Pitt a couple of years ago. So, you know, but I, I think, you know, he's, he's had a lot of experience uh, in this, you know, one down for the game situations. And, uh, you know, he has a pretty good track record, I'd say. And But you said it perfectly again, AP. I mean, he was on fire all night long. He really was. I mean, he had a great game. It wasn't like... Uh, there, there's any other way to look at it? Yeah, John. They, I mean, Trace McSorley after the game, he 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 uh, was sympathetic to his offensive coordinator when they asked him. He said, "I saw the same thing that he did, and that's why I thought the play would work." And I guess they ran a twist and got up the middle. But I just don't see trying to run straight up the middle as as you're trying to be too cagey and. You know, that was rolling the dice more than just giving it to Trace McSorley, I thought, because he could make many types of plays, running outside, running between the tackles. If he, if they blitzed, I mean, throwing a pass to the inside, the outside. There were so many options besides just the runner is going to have to proceed between, let's say, the two guards in the center. Well, exactly. And just to have it end in an instant. You just have to let this, you just have to call a play where there's obviously options. There's a couple seconds, you know, you know, there's a decision can be made on the field by the best player on the field. And I think we can all live with that outcome. I really do. Um, and that was just completely taken away. It's still stunning. Um, so, yeah. And then James Franklin's post-game press conference talking about, you know, 
being a you know going from a good team to a great team to and now they need to take the next step to an elite team uh uh, it was good television. I'll say that it went on for a while, but uh, you know, yeah, that's that, that's usually a person who who has a lot of explaining to uh, put, you know, express because of his decision. I mean, Correct. you look at the numbers. For instance, McSorley had 175 yards, a career high. Sanders had 16 carries for 43 yards. Correct. I know. I know. Of all the things. You know, for me personally, it just comes down to the basic, and you pretty much said it as a couple times in in this segment here. You know, let the best player on the field that night, Saturday night, make the decision. Just that simple to run or pass. That's all you. Uh, that's it. Just boils down to that, and it, and that didn't happen. So. Still, you know, it's still getting a lot of chatter. Uh, everybody, basically, Penn State fans are still in disbelief. Twitter has just erupted and, frankly, hasn't stopped <laughs> for a couple of days. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And, and, John, I saw the, the story I was reading from the, the uh, I think this is, what, the Center Daily Times, which is the newspaper That's right correct. there. And, That's it. Believe and, me, I know and well. They, and, yeah, and they referenced maybe the worst call since Joe Paterno decided to attempt a field goal on Alabama's one-yard line in the 1989 game, and that was blocked by Thomas Rayham. And I know Thomas because he's coaching at uh, uh, high school football here in, in uh, Alabama. Actually, he coaches on the same team as uh, Tua Tungavailoa's younger brother. Oh, my gosh. High school. Thompson, yeah, wow. Thompson High School. I, I'd, I'd met with Thomas recently and spoke to him, but... And, of course, he's noted for that one block, you know, against Penn State. Alabama was – there was no way that Penn State would not have scored a touchdown if they ran the ball one time – one more time with Blair Thompson because Alabama's defense could not stop them. They're on that one yard. They, did, they would have scored – he would have walked in, I'm pretty sure. Right. And then on the flip side of that, you have the famous 1979 national championship game when Mike, Mike Gooman. Uh, so I – I'm glad you got there, AP, because basically I think this call will go right there beside, you know, what the one you mentioned in 89 and, of course, the Mike Gooman call in 79, which was basically right up the gut uh, one or two times, twice. I believe. Twice. Twice, believe. yeah, yes. twice. Yes, yes. yes. second Mike. down, O'Donnell McNeil knocked the receiver out of bounds. He came off his receiver in the backside of the right side of the end zone to make a fabulous play. Exactly, exactly. So <laughs> we've been there before. All that aside, as we wrap up this segment here, it was a fabulous game. And all credit to Ohio State. They're down two scores, and they come back and win that game, including moving 94 yards or whatever, uh, you, you know, in lightning fashion to close it, you know, to close within one score uh, when it looked like Penn State, you know, again, they had a two score lead and they had the Ohio State pinned back at like the, their own four yard line at that moment. Trust me, all Penn State fans were feeling pretty good. Uh, but, so all credit to Ohio State, to go into Beaver Stadium in front of their biggest crowd ever and do what they did in the fourth quarter was amazing. I mean, just, as a, just, just to close it out here, um, you know, the two highest scoring teams in the nation, Penn State, Ohio State, and they were yeah. basically slugging it out. Uh, it was a defensive struggle, to put it mildly, certainly throughout the first half. But, boy, in the fourth quarter, it really got a, a full head of steam with the offenses. So, um, 
compelling television. It was four hours long, if not longer. I mean, it's, it feels like it started at 7.30 or thereabouts, or at least came on TV at 7.30 and closing in on midnight for that fateful call. So uh, game of the year, call of the year, and basically uh, the ramifications will be felt throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, to their credit, John, Ohio State, they showed championship caliber uh, pedigree by driving the length of the field, you know, and scoring those touchdowns. And Totally. So I was, I was very impressed. I was very impressed Me too. with their quarterback, what he did. Uh, me too, Dwayne Haskins. Very yeah. impressive, to say the least. Well, hard to believe we've even run a little bit over, but it's a tough, tough topic to uh, squeeze everything in on because so much happened in that game. But... It is time for our break, and sticking around will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham. And we will uh, take our break now, and still a whole lot more to get to on the other side. to the pros we, we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. 
The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 888 346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Back on the line with us is our weekly uh, call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we don't get to do this often, but we can today. I can give you a live update. Still no score in the top of the third between the Milwaukee Brewers and Chicago Cubs playing live at Wrigley Field in... Uh, in a play-in game. So, uh, great game. They've been battling it out all year, and they're only like 90 miles apart, if if that. So, good to have baseball on, AP, in uh, the middle of a Monday afternoon. Two games, to say the least. Uh, two games to boot, and, you know, followed by Rockies at Dodgers around 4 o'clock today. So, uh, not, not often we have... Live sports, big sports, important sports on a Monday afternoon. So figured I'd take advantage of the moment to give that little update. But baseball season, postseason should be fun, AP. Look forward to it up here in Boston, obviously. We might have Yankees-Red Sox, as I'm sure you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that'll get everybody excited, as usual, you know, because when those two teams get together, not only the eyes of New England and New York on those games, but people across the nation, they seem to take sides in that game, John. Right, well, AP, for the wild card game on Wednesday, Yankees hosting the Oakland A's. I can't help but think there's going to be more people rooting for the Yankees from Boston than I've ever rooted for the Yankees in Boston before. And the reason is simple. Uh, we all want to see Yankees-Red Sox head-to-head uh, in the postseason. There's just nothing like it. There just isn't. Um, and, you know, I've been, uh, I will be attending this Friday's game one of the NLDS. Red Sox are hosting. It'll be at Fenway Park. And obviously all I want to do is, uh, you, know, you know, I want to see the Yankees. No disrespect to the A's, but Yankees-Red Sox is so special in the postseason. Uh, you know, we all remember 03. We all remember 04. <laughs> 1999 wasn't bad either. So, uh, again, I think there's going to be more people in Boston rooting for the Yankees than have ever rooted for them before. So, everybody I know is wants to see Yankees, Red Sox. I, I think everybody who has even a mild interest in baseball, or none at all, wants to see Yankees, Red Sox in the postseason. So, we shall see. We'll know on Wednesday night, late. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be fun, to say the least. Um, and AP, why don't we get back to, uh, our sweet spot 
which of course is college football. And another great game between Syracuse and Clemson on Saturday afternoon. Uh, it was just fantastic. I mean, Syracuse, of course, handed them their only loss last year. Clemson did recover to make the college football playoff. But Syracuse has their number, but they, you know, given Kelly Bryant transferring, Trevor Lawrence, the number one high school recruit from in the nation last year as the new starting quarterback of Clemson, and then he gets hurt, which is everybody in South Carolina's worst nightmare, right? Um, and then off we went from there with Syracuse basically controlling the whole game until the very, very, very end. But great game, that's for sure. Yeah, John, I mean imagine the scenario you're a Clemson fan and you're thinking to yourself okay the coach made a decision he offered uh, Kelly Bryant to stay and he would not play him again to reserve his redshirt situation he turned him down there were some ill-advised comments made by the senior quarterback that I, I think he'll live to regret Correct. and it's I think they parted ways and uh, so then Trevor Trevor Lawrence gets hurt, and you're looking at a Syracuse team that's undefeated themselves. Right, right. And they're feeling they're feeling confident. They know they can beat Clemson. That's where it starts. They they beat them last year, so they know they can beat them. Belief. Yes, yes, yes. So, and then you have to turn to your third string quarterback and say, "How about it, son? What can you do for us today?" Um, Okay, they they won the ball game. Exactly right. Yeah, again, uh, it was just great, uh, great theater down there in Death Valley. I'm sure the Clemson fans were basically holding their breath the entire time. I mean, it was that kind of a game. You know, Syracuse just jumped fast off to a quick start, and basically, again, they basically led the entire game. So it was an uphill battle for Clemson. Uh, You you know, I thought the, the, quote, third stringer, uh, you, you know, got into the flow of the game, and by the end of the game, he was doing what needed to be done. Um, and more importantly, the Clemson defense, and that great defensive line of theirs was doing what needed to be done, including just a, an incredible sack of the Syracuse quarterback, Eric Dungy, down on the five-yard line. I mean, he just nailed him from the blind side, so to speak. As hard a tackle as I've seen all year in college football, that's for sure. Yeah, that that Clemson team, I mean, that's their strength. One of their major strengths is that defensive line. You know, those four guys will be playing professional football pretty soon. And But they're talented at quite a few spots, John. You know, they can make plays, and they lost their quarterback, you know, their second-string quarterback. And Chase Bryce did an excellent job. Uh, he's only taken, like, 25 snaps this season, completing five of eight passes for 35, 37 yards. So, but... You know, when you recruit these players down there, they're receiving scholarships for a reason. Correct. Uh, yeah, I mean, the third-string Clemson quarterback is a player. <laughs> I don't have to think twice right. to know that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, coming out of high school, he was an Elite 11 finalist. So, I mean, right. he's a good football player. Absolutely. No question about it. And he did exactly. And, and, and uh, you know, you know, yeah, he doesn't have to make every play. He, he's trying to get it to the hands of the other playmakers on the team. Correct. Correct. And as you would expect with just about any quarterback, no matter 
how big a star he was in high school. You know, to walk into that situation losing is tough. Um, you know, even though it's a home crowd, it, it's still nerves. So I give the I give the kid a lot of credit for basically, you know, really playing better and better as the game went on. And by the fourth quarter, you know, he, he was doing what they needed him to do. So it, it was a fun game to watch, boy. No doubt about it. It was great. And uh, all credit to Syracuse for just... You know, hanging in there and almost pulling off this upset of a great Clemson team and program two years in a row. And, John, you know, Syracuse, they can continue and have a great season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, Syracuse football is is largely back. And it started by beating Clemson last year. And now they start the season undefeated, go into Clemson, basically have the lead the whole game right to the very end. So... Yeah, they're back, and it's nice to see. I mean, great tradition, obviously, at Syracuse, so I think it's great. And, and if I recall, don't they play on the opposite side of, of Clemson, the opposite division? They're in the, I, I believe they do. The, they're, they're in the Atlantic Coast, and I'm just looking here very quickly. Um, let me see. they got, they got the Coastal and the Atlantic, so... Maybe Clemson's on the same side, but yeah, oh yeah, they're in the same one as uh, they're in the same one as Clemson. So, but they could still have a fabulous season. You know, go to a New Year's Day, one of the big bowls if they oh absolutely to, to win, win out. No question. Right, you are AP, and uh, hard to believe we're at the end of this segment already. Uh, so why don't we take our final break? So a few more things to get to on the other side. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Beat the crowds and fill that freezer early by tuning into the revolution with Jim and Trev. We're discussing Deer Week and handing out season tips to make your 2018 deer hunts more successful. Joining us is Lee and Tiffany Lakoski of Crush with Lee and Tiffany, Mark Drury from Bow Madness and Drury's 13, and Jill Gector with Cinch Jeans. Jim and Trav's Deer Craze is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog press pass if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews philosophy business tips and tactics spirituality positive thought current events and even more about your favorite host it's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is happening as we speak. And we have an update. The Brewers have taken a 1-0 lead over the Cubs in Wrigley Field. Uh, First of two games today, uh, followed by Rockies at Dodgers. So first time in Major League Baseball history where there's two play-in games. So we can't even begin to talk about the National League division, the wild cards, and beyond until we know what happens today. So fun day of baseball, to say the least. Uh, And AP, we had... uh, uh, fun day of football, of course, on Saturday. Uh, you know, looking at the top five here, three of the top five are SEC. That's just nothing short of remarkable. Uh, Alabama, number one. Georgia, number two. LSU, number five. Ohio State jumped. They they flipped with Clemson. Ohio State went to number three on their victory over Penn State. Clemson dropped with their close call against Syracuse to number Four, but uh, LSU at number five, AP. That's pretty interesting. Uh, you know, given that Ed Orgeron was probably on the hottest of hot seats uh, going into the season, but they're looking good so far. I think it's great. Yeah, LSU is going to have their chances. They have a very difficult schedule. Correct. John. Exactly. They have to we'll play, know. Uh, Georgia, Georgia, and Florida, and West Alabama in November. So. We're going to find out about these Tigers if they're paper or ferocious. <laughs> well said. Uh, or the eye of the Tiger like they have at their midfield stripe in uh, Tiger Stadium. <laughs> um, they're going to need the eye of the Tiger, put it that way. Uh, oh, yeah, and I think a lot of the a lot of their season really depends on the play at quarterback. Oh, absolutely. No, he's been great so far. Yeah, he's did some good things for him and you know, they've lacked in that at that position for so many years, a decade or more. Correct. Correct. He's uh you know, he's like the the savior they've been looking for, so to speak, for low these many years. And now he's arrived and he's five and oh, so you know, good for him. Um and good for them. So other big games over the weekend, uh you know, Notre Dame took care of Stanford yes. at home. All credit to them. Uh, they're looking good. New quarterback has been getting a starting, uh, Ian Book. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, Notre Dame. And, and, you know, suddenly, you know, they're in the picture. Uh, I think they're up at number seven, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh Yeah. So and Stanford, very good team, fresh off their amazing victory over Oregon, and uh, so yeah, uh, another Midwestern team. They played each other, Notre Dame and Michigan. Notre Dame beat Michigan uh, to start the season, but Michigan had a 
tough, tough game against Northwestern, but ended yeah. up holding on for a victory. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, Michigan's been playing well since losing to Notre Dame in the opener, to say the least. You know, winning is something, there's, there's something to be said for winning a tough game. Correct. I'm not saying people are totally thrilled, but it instills in the players that they can come back when things are not going well. And somewhere along a championship-type season or a great season, you're going to need those skills and that mentality to, to turn things around. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Uh, another team that was involved in a, a, a real shootout, <clears throat> fun to see, um, was West Virginia beating Texas Tech. Uh, honestly, AP, I'm still getting used to West Virginia playing in the Big 12. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just am. Yes. I, I mean, I yeah. grew up literally, you know, two and a half hours right. from Morgantown, uh, you know, yeah. in central yeah. Pennsylvania. So, I mean... The, to me, they're always, you know, I, it took me a decade or two to get used to Penn State being in the uh, Big Ten because they're always an Eastern school to me. Uh, and I'm still having trouble getting ready, you know, with West Virginia, you know, in the Big 12, where the Big 12, of course, is centered out down there in Texas, of course, uh, to, for, to a large degree. So, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, it's a good league for them. They were part of the. They were part of the Lambert Trophy, were they, John, or no? Totally, totally. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, AP, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, say, just to backtrack to Notre Dame, that was uh, quite a margin. They beat Stanford. That doesn't happen very often. Correct, correct. They, they beat them uh, pretty handily, all things considered. Uh, and again, you, you know, impressive, to say the least. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame is clearly in the discussion for uh, the college football playoff, and their schedule looks uh, very winnable. So uh, they're still Notre Dame, so I could see them. Uh, they have a good shot. They have a good shot at the college football playoff, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, Notre Dame is, is definitely being considered. If they, they win out, I mean, they're going to be in the playoffs. Exactly. Exactly. It's just that simple. If they win out, they are going to be in the playoffs. So, um, all right, well, hard to believe uh, we're here at the end of our show. Uh, great college football to discuss, as there is every weekend. We're, you know, it's October 1st, hard to believe, so we're starting to get into the meat of the schedule. Uh, and it's going to be an, another fun year. And uh, you're, of course, got a front row seat down there watching Alabama, covering Alabama. So. Here we go. It feels like it's really going to kick off now with uh, October arriving. Yeah, John, it should be a lot of fun to see how all these teams play out. And we should mention Kentucky is that's a team to watch in the SEC Eastern Division to challenge Georgia. They play, yes. they host the Dogs in two or three weeks. Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, and the other unlikely previously undefeated team took it on the chin was Duke. Went into that game undefeated. Uh, but lost. Uh, but all credit to them too. You know, uh, Kentucky and Duke, two basketball schools having very good football season. So it's kind of fun <laughs> to see. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, me too. I am as well. All right. So 
everybody enjoy October. Enjoy the plethora of sports events that are upon us starting this week uh, with baseball getting playoffs underway. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week. 